The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. This is The Lori Moss Show. Better job, better life. If you desire to reach your highest potential in your professional life, the next hour is going to help you uncover proven concepts developed by Lori Moss to help you pump up your professionalism, up-level your career, and transform from being stuck to being sought after. The Lori Moss Show, Better Job, Better Life, tackles all of the tough talks everyone knows about, gossips about, but never fully address in the workplace. Now is your time to transform with the expert in professional presence. Now, here is your host, Lori Moss. Welcome to the Lori Moss Show. Today we are going to be talking about the millennial influence and its impact on business. I am Lori Moss, your host and the boomer voice in today's conversation. Joining me today is Maggie Anderson, a dynamic professional who champions the millennial inclusion and influence in business. Maggie is the Executive Director of Integrating Women Leaders Foundation, an organization dedicated to advancing women leaders. In a recent Business Journal article, Maggie wrote about millennials entitled, loyal, and productive. So that makes for an interesting conversation later on here. And thirdly, she's a board member of organizations that advance the cause of professionals who want to make a difference. So let's begin the conversation. Maggie, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. I'm glad to be here. I'm glad, glad to have you today. Maggie, tell us why the millennial imperative is a passion of yours and how you came to become a committed advocate on the subject. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, first and foremost, uh, I'm passionate about this topic because I'm a millennial myself. I am 25 years old and I hold a leadership position Uh, as you mentioned, with Mm -hmm. Integrating Women Leaders Foundation, a position that I wouldn't have dreamed I would have at at this stage in my life. Uh, I started as the executive director at age 24, and our leadership had a lot of faith in me. And I've heard the stereotypes and and the chatter about millennials in the workforce, and some of it, honestly, at the beginning bothered me a little. I wanted to debunk some of those stereotypes. And so I started doing the research and I started having these conversations to understand it more. And the more I learned, the more I wanted to share with others. And I realized as a millennial, I have uh, the perspective to be able to articulate some of the things, some of the nuances about millennials and share that with others. So, so Maggie, what was it about you that these leaders chose you at the age of 24 with, uh, it doesn't seem like you had the experience at the time, but there was something about you that they believed in you and invested in you. What was that? You know, uh, I'd have to ask them specifically, but I, I know that part of the reason I, I got the position I got was because I asked for it. And some of the, some of the stuff we talk about at IWL, uh, 
is about women and asking for it. It's the Sheryl Sandberg's ideal of leaning in. And I did exactly that. And I tried to practice what I preached. I, I worked on connecting with people. I'm a networker. I'm an extrovert. So I've created some wonderful relationships in our community that has lent to my role as the executive director. So I'm curious, the people that hired you, because I just I find this fascinating because I... I know you, I know how successful you are at your age, and it, you caught my attention. Um, were those leaders boomers? Were they in other generations from yes. yours? In fact, I work with mostly boomers and Xers. I very rarely get to, to work with millennials myself. Uh, Jennifer Browning Holmes, our founder and board president, uh, I met her when I was in college, uh, and she approached me after I did a, a really quick speech about a project I was working on at at my university and within a few minutes she looked at me and she just said you're hired and I said I didn't ask you for a job she could spot it (laughs) she didn't want to lose it she could spot it yeah she has an intuition and and Mm -hmm. I jumped right in I was a volunteer for IWL its first year in business interned twice and then after graduation was offered a full-time job has just continued to grow since then and I'm thrilled to be a part of it. And so what's so interesting about this um, beginning conversation is, is we were, the plan is to talk about stereotypes because mm-hmm. the stereotypes keep people separated. They keep things from changing, coming together, and in the synergy that can happen with that. And yet the conversation we just had involved boomers and millennials mm-hmm. and a gut level decision on who would be the right person for a very key position. Right. So we'll just hang on to that. We'll, we'll deal with the stereotypes <laughs> here, but really the way I, I have seen, and I'm the boomer, so I've seen quite a few things, but every generation that I have shared working with shares some of the same desires, the same essential qualities in business, just mm-hmm. as human beings. Sure. And we end up making it look different, and it could be some generations have been in wartime, some have been, who knows, I don't, I don't want to get into that, but there's reasons why we take on a certain personality, thinking that we'll, we'll get those essential qualities, and we build systems that feel comfortable around those. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's why the divide happens, is because the systems probably become outdated, sure. which is another conversation. But it's important to bring systems in when we're talking about stereotypes, because it's really easy to move from a systemic problem to a people problem. Oh, sure. One and the same. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, because the people create the systems. Exactly. <laughs> yes. And... Uh, and what's interesting about this generational topic is it can go a lot of different directions. So might have to reel myself back in because you can, I can go anywhere on this, really. So it's, we're talking about stereotypes then. What do you think of when you think of millennials? I always ask this question when I'm speaking about this topic. I love to hear the responses from my audiences. Um, you know, my, my first thing with millennials is I have family members that are millennials, and so I, I had the inside scoop on how long it took them to to really mature and be able to contribute. Mm-hmm, <laughs> okay, sure. so that's just it. We we draw our stereotypes from what we've seen. Um, I, I saw a fair amount of that as a manager. I 
I hired quite a few millennials but came to regret that because I realized that there had to be a balance. I was hiring millennials that were still in college. You know, they, they, they were trying to wrap up another big endeavor at the same time they were working. So um, I didn't really see them as team players. They're... There was a confidence I probably envied, but it was real entitlement. I mean, I can just I can just envision one employee. She was not my employee, but she and another colleague's employees. But she wanted what I had, and she wanted my time, and she wanted my mentoring. And her approach to me was to lean on the counter, put her elbow on the counter, lean over. I'm clearly very busy, and I'm appointment only person, so time is a value. Leans over and says, um, "I want to talk to you, and I want to get better at this." And what do you think of this? And she started going on and on. And I said, whoa, we need to stop here. I'm in an appointment. You'll need, to, you'll need to schedule a time. And I had to teach her how to value my time because she felt she was entitled to my time when she wanted it. Mm-hmm. That was my perspective of it. Yeah, the entitlement word I, I hear all the time. And that was the one that I mentioned when I started working on this topic that was the one that stuck out to me that I wanted to prove wrong. And I actually was talking on the phone with a new friend of mine, a millennial expert. Her name is Kara Saletto. And she's done some speaking engagements for us. And she, I said, Kara, are we really entitled? Do you really believe that? And she said, you know what? I was just like you when I started this work. And I wanted to say no. I wanted so badly to say no, but... Yes. <laughs> now I realize we are, and here's why. And she, she talks about, you know, it's our parents who brought us up this way in, in the age of credit cards. We wanted it, we swiped the card. And we got used to that. We got used to that mindset. At the same time, technology is changing rapidly. We're used to having the iPhone, the next version of the iPhone, and the next, the next best laptop. And we had all of those things at our disposal. Yeah. So we certainly are entitled. You asked for it and you got it. So there you go. <laughs> and, you know, I blame the parents. <laughs> oh, yeah, the blame thing. Isn't right. that great? So we'll talk about that later. <laughs> because, you know, a lot of the values we all want is to have freedom. And no matter what freedom is, it requires our responsibility mm-hmm. to uphold that freedom. So we'll talk about that later. But I have to chuckle because when you're talking about this, I was at Young Boomer. I had my own ways of doing it. I wasn't quite as bold because I didn't get whatever I wanted, but um, I I would call in sick. I would do these things mm-hmm. without really talking about things. Sure. <laughs> and consequently, now on the flip side of that, knowing how that I'm embarrassed about that part of my life, um, I became a manager that really had those difficult conversations all along. Mm -hmm. And what happens with that is then people don't feel they have to lie, cheat, and steal to get what they really need. So You're developing your team. And having the conversations all all through, and even the really tough ones where their professional well-being was at stake. Mm -hmm. And if I wasn't willing to have those conversations, shame on me because... I didn't care about their professional well-being. Well, it's your responsibility as a leader to do that. And, and that's so valuable for, mm-hmm. for millennials to have people in their life who are going to be honest with them. Because at the end of the day, just like you are, we're young. We don't have the experience to know some of these things. So 
in that way, it's not really a millennial problem. It's just kind of a young person problem. <laughs> well, and, and also because of the legal climate in business in the last few years, it's become highly risky to have a lot of these conversations that really could be life changers mm. for young people. I've I've risked it in the beginning. I risked conversations that I got held to task in HR for. So I learned, but, and, and what I, is I, I refine that conversation and what truly, if it comes from the heart and I am centered in a place where this conversation is about their professional well-being, there is no stereotype. There's no aggressive thing behind it. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, what the millennials are talking about is that kind of relationship in a way where in order to have trust, you have to be able to communicate right. at that level. And millennials want to be heard. Uh, that's one of, one of the, the uh, stereotypes of a millennial too, but so true that millennials want their voice to be heard and it's their manager or it's their company as a whole. Uh, they want to feel that they're making a difference in that. So having a leadership style that allows for that one-on-one interaction is so valuable. It is. It is. Uh, and it's funny, as we keep talking about this, those are values that I have. Mm-hmm. I, I wanted a voice and I wanted to be able to speak to them. What I had to learn and experience taught me that. And, and that was my role. But there's a lot out there to have for personal development, professional development that can happen. Um, it's funny. I hear that a lot. I hear, I hear. Wait, wait a minute. So I'm talking about millennial values, and I hear, well, you're saying that millennials value balance, and you have an exer in the room, and they say, well, hey, I value balance, you know. Uh, and so, what I tend to talk mm-hmm. about with this is not the not the fact that our values are different. In fact, they're very, very similar, but they're just defined differently. They're carried out differently. So mm-hmm. for for balance, as an example. For millennials, it's not about a siloed time between work and life. It's not nine to five at work, and then I turn off my phone and I'm at home. Instead, we call it work-life integration or work-life blending because the phone is on all the time. And I might answer a personal call at work, which others may find inappropriate, but I also take work calls at night. Mm -hmm. And I answer work emails while I'm sitting in bed ready to go to to sleep. So everything is kind of blended together. And that's how we'll see some of the working climate changing as more and more millennials enter the workforce. And by 2030, millennials will be 75% of the workforce. So change is happening. It's coming quickly. And it won't be easy. And business will adapt to that. Well, some will and some won't. And I, I truly believe that those that do will be more successful. Well, I actually think that if there's a, if individuals are resisting it, they won't be able to stay in the emerging business climate. I agree. Very yeah. long. You know I, how it is. It, uh, yeah, yeah, it I self-corrects agree. itself over time. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just thinking here. We're, um, you know, we were going to spend time talking about stereotypes. Yeah, and you know, we're we're coming up here on our next break. <laughs> And you know what I feel really good about is we didn't have to linger long in the ne- negativity of how we're all different. Mm-hmm. What we're spending time talking about is how we can all blend to make it better. And um, 
That's exciting to me at this moment. And there is a lot of negativity around the millennial conversation. You know what? It's an excuse to not change because change is hard. And so it's easy to blame other situations or things that we're afraid that we aren't able to align with because we don't know how to do it. And the longer that we've been successful in business, we don't, I'm going to speak from a boomer, we don't like to admit what we don't know. And quite honestly, technology has given a side of business where if we're not called to get on board and learn that, we may not have a passage into the next 20 years, mm-hmm. the next chapters. And I, so I, I see the, the value of integrating. So, the, <clears throat> so that being said, the Lori Moss Show wants to hear from you. We want to know the topics and questions that you want covered in the show. We want to hear your comments on this millennial discussion today. We really want to hear your comments. So please go to the Lori Moss website, um, Lori Moss Concepts forward slash Ask Lori, and we'll respond on our show and in our newsletter. Connect with us on Lori Moss Concepts Facebook and LinkedIn and the Twitter handle Lori L Moss Concepts. The more we know about you, the better we can speak to what matters for you to have a better job and a better life. We'll be right back. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. How do you define work? Is it that mundane Monday through Friday place that seems to be sucking a third of your life out of you? Or have you made it a place of personal fulfillment, achievement, and purpose? If you are looking to make your work life the latter, tune in to Working on Purpose with Elise Cortez. There are all kinds of inspiring work life stories told by people who have made work something to look forward to every day. Working on Purpose can be heard every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Empowerment. Should there be more to your life? Do you need a change? Transformation for Success with Dr. Barbara Young will provide empowering commentary each week to encourage you. She will interview successful personalities from movies, television, business, technology, health, and academia. All of them have amazing stories, resulting in transformed lives. You'll learn how to discover real happiness, financial success, and fulfillment to live your highest purpose. Join her on Tuesdays at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Empowerment Channel and a replay Fridays at 12 noon Pacific on the Voice America Women's Channel. Follow us on Twitter at Voice America TRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's Voice America TRN. listening to the Lori Moss show better job better life if you have a question for Lori Moss you can tweet it at L Moss concepts find us on Facebook with keyword Lori Moss concepts or send an email to radio at Lori stay connected by visiting Lori to learn more while you're there read our blog and sign up for the Lori Moss concepts newsletter for more tips now back to this week's program Welcome back. I'm Lori Moss here with my guest, Maggie Anderson. 
as we continue our discussion on the millennial influence and its impact on business. You know, earlier in today's discussion, we talked about the generational stereotypes and the difference in values and found out that the values aren't so different. <laughs> that all people want an essence-rich work experience in all newly emerging generations into the workplace have struggled with the status quo. So welcome back, Maggie. Thank you. Um, you are our voice for the millennials today. And I am interested in hearing about what tips you have for leaders who are, quote, managing the millennials that are coming into the workforce. Mm-hmm. So it's all yours. Great. Yeah, that's a, a very important question to ask. And one that I think millennial, or excuse me, leaders should really be asking themselves. And I do have some tips for those leaders. Um, to start, I would say the most important thing, and this is for millennials and really everyone, is to set expectations up front. So if you have a policy that you don't promote anyone for two years, make sure that's known up front. Then a millennial doesn't feel that they're not being valued or promoted in the right way and leave, right? That's the fear is that millennials all leave within two years. And the data is saying that they are because they're not feeling heard or valued. Uh, other things like like dress code and work hours, say that up front. Because then when you do have issues, you can address them front, head on. Another tip I would say is to listen. Again, I say that millennials want their voices to be heard. They know when their leaders aren't listening to them. And it doesn't mean that you need to take their ideas and run with them, of course. But at least have those conversations. So, so... When millennials say they're not being heard, mm-hmm. what um, what are what are signs that they're not being heard? Signs from a millennial that they're feeling that like way. What the boss is or isn't doing mm-hmm. in it's the conversation. It's the taskmaster mentality in a lot of in a lot of cases. It's get your stuff done and be at your desk from nine to five and and not being invited into certain meetings, for example. There's so much opportunity just to reach out to someone who you see is doing a good job or you've noticed that they have a strength in a certain area and say, you know what, I thought you might want to be involved in this development meeting. I think we could use your input. And maybe that doesn't happen all the time. But you see, you're, you're, you're pointing them out. You're saying, I see the potential in you. You're inspiring as a leader rather than checking boxes on the to-do list. Okay. And you will be surprised that millennials will, will jump through hoops for a leader like that. And they will stick around. And that's why in my article, I say millennials are entitled, loyal, and productive. I do think they're loyal. I do think they want to stay longer than two years if they have some of those support systems. And they want to feel respected and trusted Absolutely. in order to cooperate, which is really the formula for success. Absolutely. And when we talk about millennial values, one of the things I talk about is the authoritarian mindset versus the egalitarian mindset. And millennials are the most egalitarian cohort ever, which means we see everyone as equals. And that could be good. It could be bad. But traditional hierarchies don't mean as much to us. So I like to give the example um, of John and Jimmy. So John is, he's an exer. He, he's been at the same job for 20 years. And he knows that the CEO of this company goes for coffee at 8 a.m. every Monday morning. 
<laughs> I can hear it. I can see it coming. <laughs> yeah. And so he goes down Monday morning. He's there early and he gets his coffee at the exact same time so that he can make eye contact with that CEO. Maybe nod his head. Maybe one morning. Hey, how are you today? He knows who this man is. He knows John because he sees him every Monday. So John's smart in that way. However, Jimmy, he's second week on the job, just graduated from college, and he sees a CEO walking down the hall. He's there early for a meeting. He says, well, hey there. It's great to meet you. My name's Jimmy. I just graduated. I'm so glad to be here with you. And by the way, my dad is your fraternity brother. Do you know Tom? He doesn't see that as a boundary for him. Mm -hmm. Jimmy thinks, I know this man. He, he wants to know me. <laughs> and maybe that's arrogant, but you know what? It works. That's the mindset. You know, and this is how I think I can see that working, is because the one that had the coffee and he, what he was doing is just positioning himself. There was no sincerity behind that. There wasn't a desire to really connect for a reason or or imparting information that might be valuable to this person. Mm -hmm. It was manipulative. Um, now, on the other side of it, it is a lot more engaging. It's a lot more sincerity. And then there's an amount of appropriateness that probably mm -hmm. needs to be built into that. Sure. But not too much because then you start, you know, there's a fine line with all of this is the genuine nature of it starts being contained and controlled. Mm -hmm. Well, and, you, you want to you find the balance. You're exactly right mm -hmm. because you have a Jimmy who did it probably appropriately. It was in passing. It was a quick conversation. Or to your point earlier uh, in the first part of our talk when you mentioned the woman who came in and put her arm on your desk <laughs> and demanded your time. Right. There is a balance there for both leaders to understand and also the millennials to understand. And so it's, again, then, because the millennials don't have that experience and somebody else does, we have to, you know, assume responsibility for that relationship growing, meaning we have to have the tough conversation. Absolutely. And that conversation I had with her became a very long relationship as a result. Hmm. And she had respect for me. I had to teach her respect. And that's the first key to any relationship is to be respectful of someone else and to gain their respect. Mm -hmm. And and we don't so, give that easily, millennials. We and That's another nuance. I mean, millennials, you need to earn millennial respect. And that's so different than a boomer mentality. You know, the CEO is automatic respect. But remember, we grew up seeing all of these great leaders in the public eye constantly failing or letting people down. That's where that comes from. So we don't give it as freely as maybe we should. And in the same token, the millennials need to earn the respect Absolutely. Of, of their elders. Absolutely. <laughs> and and I, I, I think the millennials are calling all of us to take more responsibility so that we can have more freedom and flexibility in business. Mm -hmm. But the responsibility part is having those conversations yes. that are awkward, that keep people stuck in business because they're not being said. And I think the millennials are calling us to do that. If, if people don't want to do that, we're going to have to do that because the numbers are going to overtake 
And you guys are going to be the ones in the workforce in a few years. Yeah, and that's a and scary thing for a lot of people. There's a lot of fear Which is too bad that, that um, and that is what's fear-driven, is everybody waits for the numbers. Talk about giving a group power. You're giving them power for the numbers rather than allowing them to influence. What a different energy that is. Mm-hmm. And when people can be influential, then they're a lot more creative and it puts the whole environment at ease. And quite honestly, those that resist the most are probably the ones that would really like to feel that, and they just don't know how to do that. Mm-hmm. And the risk of a conversation is probably one of the hardest things. Divorce courts are loaded because of this. It's not a business problem. It's a relational problem mm-hmm. that people just don't want to be vulnerable and self-assess enough because... In order to have that neutral conversation that's really engaged in building a relationship, we need to assess ourselves first. What is our motivation? What are our biases? Sure. Why, why am I upset with this situation, this employee? Well, I wanted to leave early tonight. I needed to get things done. You know, there's all this stuff that you have to go through first to really get at what is the essence of the problem. Mm-hmm. And it's communication. It is communication. Core. One of the other things I like to talk about, too, when we talk about communicating with millennials is uh, the difference between the because I said so mentality (laughs) and really diving into why. So if you said to me, Maggie, I want you to have a report on my desk end of day Friday, have to have it, no questions asked. Say it's Wednesday. I said, okay, I've got two nights. I'm going to be up late. I'm going to get it done. It's my job. Sure. Or you could say, Maggie. I have to get this report on my desk in a day Friday because I need the weekend to prepare for this extremely important meeting. Your work will be a part of that meeting. I'm going to get on a flight on Saturday morning. I'm going to review it. I'm going to be ready on Monday. Can you make that happen for me? Mm. Oh, yeah. I can make that happen. Absolutely. Because you feel like you're a part of making a difference. There's, yeah, there's two parts to that. I know my work is, is having an impact. And two, you told me why. Yeah. And all that may have been true, but I didn't know that. I was sour as I was staying up late for two nights doing work for my boss. And who knows what your underlying feeling might be around that. Maybe it's just this power struggle that just went on. And sure. because there was a position of power told you to do it, you got to do it. Mm-hmm. What a different motiva- motivation to do anything. And how quality is that work when we're, we've got a rub behind it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we all... We all can benefit from from communicating better. Little little things like that yeah. make all the difference. It does. Well, I'm so enjoying where this conversation is going. <laughs> um, so, what values do older generations have that millennials can relate to? I think that's important to see because if, you, if, if you're a values-driven group, um, if you don't see value in any of the senior people around you, you're going to have a hard time. Well, I think, that. you know, I think the values, as you said, are very similar. So we can relate in a lot of ways. And, you know, we talk about balance. I'll go to that example again. Xers really demanded balance. And so 
they're extremely in line with the new millennial mindset when it comes to that. They're saying, I, I do care. I want to see that in my life too. They're just a smaller cohort, so they couldn't make as big a dent That's right. <laughs> in the workplace That's right. as millennials are demanding now. Uh, other values, uh, I think, that are shared, uh, some of the social responsibility piece. So millennials are expecting organizations to really be involved in their communities and give back. That's not a new idea, but it is becoming a bigger and bigger part of what we might say is the everyday working world. So we want to see that not just as a checkbox on a website or uh, writing big checks to great organizations, but how else can we be involved in a deeper level? Uh, and what impact is that having? And in order to do that, it's just a, it's a time thing. So something else has to move out of the way to make time for that. And so it's, a sh- it's shifting values, actually, of yeah, the, the, in the some business. Ways, sure. Um, Definitely. Um, One of the other things that, you know, we had talked about even earlier was innovation. That's something that every generation can get behind. And we know every organization is talking about innovation. And it started way a long time ago. And every single cohort has it. They have examples of it. Um, If you look at the baby boomers, they were, you know, the first of DNA fingerprinting, uh, the Apple II, the Ethernet. And then, of course, you have the Xers who had the first gaming and they made the everyday cell phone. Uh, the first social media messaging came from the Xers. And now you have the millennials who are taking tech to another level as well and, and creating things like Facebook and file sharing, uh, YouTube and the MacBook. Innovation is something that all generations can get behind. And I love to say, you know, millennials are great for business. They're even better for innovation. They're great for innovation. That's not to say that all cohorts aren't. Something to leverage. And, you know, talking about technology, and we all know how that makes business so much more efficient. The underlying thing is, okay, business is a transaction, and it's about pulling people together to produce a service or a product. Um, that is profitable for the company to be sustained. So every generation is simplifying a lot of processes. They're eliminating a lot of jobs. And one thing that um, I know that the boomers are famous for, the yuppie generation in the 80s, where materialistic aspirations seem to be very prominent, that is clearly not a dominant desire for millennials. Mm -hmm. So if that's not a desire, we've already seen consumption go down, manufacturing is going down. So jobs are being eliminated as we know it. The paper industry is is really um, shrinking. There's a lot of things shrinking. So when we think about that, there is maybe less to be done, but then there's a concern with that because there's just as many people out there Mm -hmm. that need to make a living. So I'm curious your take on millennials in that am I seeing the fact that millennials are willing to live more simply? Mm-hmm. Um, and you can speak to that. And um, so you don't need the really huge house. 
you know, I don't right. know. I mean, right. I'm really seeing the economic impact of this, so we we can't not see that when we're talking about business because that's, that's what certainly we're talking to about, be talking about, and thinking about. And that could be an underlying fear that people haven't even consciously considered. Right, and I mean, it but, probably should be. It, it is true. It is changing. Buying trends are changing. In fact, I talked to a realty group about this recently, and I talked about it in terms of access over ownership. And you're absolutely right. Millennials aren't in need or, or really desiring large homes and a lot of material goods. We prefer access. So things like we're not buying records and CDs. We're buying Spotify subscriptions. We want access to that music. We are not necessarily... You don't need ownership. You just want exactly, access. Exactly. Okay. And, and even think about Uber and think about... Uh, the lift when you don't necessarily need to buy a car if you're in the city if you're living in the city you can just access cars at your disposal click of a button right right and so i think you know when we talk about this economically you have to think about it it's, it's like you know in times past it's just jobs are different right technology yes. is creating jobs it's creating jobs and it's also diminishing jobs so how are we going to adapt to that change? And it's all about understanding the consumer. Of which we are. Of which we are. And <laughs> see how this can swirl around and around? Um, I don't have all the answers. The core <laughs> issues are simple. Everything goes back to a simple core issue, but the trimmings make it so complicated. And then when you throw fear into that mix... Then, then there's an attachment to what's different rather than... Fear and negativity. Yeah. You know. And I'm even thinking as we're talking about this that the bigger discussion other than millennials in the workplace clocking in or whatever is... I'm going to just pull the retail industry out because I, I was in it for 18 years. But... Do we really need to be open from nine to nine every night if people are consuming less? Hmm. The stores are already carrying far less inventory because they're shipping it from online, whatever. Um, so all of a sudden, the millennials need to prepare themselves to be lobbyists, to hmm. actually make a shift in an industry that can accommodate more freedom, more flexibility, and right-size how everything is, not just because how it's been done. Well, that's certainly a concern as well. It is. Okay, we're going to break here. We'll be right back and we'll be return, returning with more insight with my guest Maggie Anderson as we talk about millennials coming into the workplace and, and really advancing the well-being of business. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. We're all living in the moment, but you never know when life is going to take a unique turn. It doesn't have to be a challenge, but perhaps more of a detour to get where we need to be. On The Sky's the Limit, host Karen Levitt knows that experience, having faced it herself. Learn about her journey from a life-changing event to where she is now. Her guests are amazing people who are living these experiences and overcoming obstacles. Learn from their stories every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time 
on Voice America Empowerment. Can you think of anybody who does not want a better life and to be a better person? Think about that for a second. Almost everyone wants to be better, but how does one go about doing that? One thing that is making people better every week is tuning in to the Self-Improvement Show with Dr. Irene Conlon. All real change comes from within, but many of us don't know where to find the information or guidance we need to make the changes that bring about the improvement. Most of us don't know how to work within. Listen Thursdays at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America empowerment find out what's happening on the voice america talk radio network by keeping up with us on twitter you can find us at voice america trn you are listening to the Lori moss show better job better life if you have a question for Lori Moss, you can tweet it at L Moss Concepts. Find us on Facebook with keyword Lori Moss Concepts or send an email to radio at LoriMossConcepts.com. Stay connected by visiting LoriMossConcepts.com to learn more. While you're there, read our blog and sign up for the Lori Moss Concepts newsletter for more tips. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back. I'm Lori Moss here with my guest, Maggie Anderson. As we continue our discussion on the millennial influence and its impact on business. Earlier, we covered the generational response to the emerging millennials coming into the workplace. Sometimes it's more than the people. The, the systems that have been effective in past economics times may be the roadblocks for progress today. It's easy to look at the human factor as being the problem. Mm-hmm. While we don't ascribe to be the experts in in a big area that is being looked at from the Washington DC level on down, there are some changes being made in this area that give us reason to pause and consider. So, so Maggie, are we ready to tackle this area <laughs> for let's what we know? Let's do what we can. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's just start it out by giving us some tips for millennials uh-huh. on how they can best enter the workplace, get the respect and trust that's needed for their employers and everyone else to cooperate sure. with what they have to offer. Sure. This is another really important question to ask. And I think, uh, I hope we weren't uh, beating up the leaders too much <laughs> and, no. giving them, and giving them too much to, to, uh, to adapt to millennials. Because I want to be very clear, millennials have a lot of responsibility in this too. We talked about entitlement a lot today. And that is absolutely true. So for my millennials out there listening to this, please understand that about maybe, I can't speak to everyone, this is a generalization, but please understand that you may have some entitlement in your blood. (laughs) And how can we adapt to the workplace that already exists? Because we're coming in and people don't necessarily know how to handle us. And we also really, truly do have some things to learn before we can be the leaders we want to be and have the influence that we want to have. Uh, My first bit of advice is to seek an honest mentor. And I say honest because we have to have people in our lives, inside of work or outside, who can tell us the hard stuff. The stuff that Lori said she had conversations with her employees about, right? Yeah. Same thing you just said. And and that is so valuable to us for someone to say, Maggie, I don't think you should have worn that to work today. And why don't you try again next week for this big meeting? <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. I've got to get that feedback. So now I have a question on that. Sure. So 
picture that person that notices that. It's a guy, right? And, you know, it could be the way you dress was provocative. Talk about the riskiest conversation any man could have in business. It's talking to a woman about being provocative because and that's telling her that he noticed and blah, 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 blah. So his option generally will be to avoid the conversation and avoid the risk because his concern that it would be taken offensively and, and, and quite honestly, there's a legal system out there because when people are deeply convicted by the truth, sometimes they will react extremely the opposite way because it was so hard to hear. Mm-hmm. So these are the things, these are the real things that managers are afraid to talk about. And rightly so. It's such a hard conversation to have. And I think it's different for everyone. But I, I would say, in any case of a difficult conversation, they have to be had. <laughs> but And they can be, actually. I, and I, they can be. And yeah. you can... You can you have resources at your disposal to help you with that. And there's definitely a process. I mean, if a person truly gets to a neutral position and they've worked through all of their personal issues around it and fears and concerns, once they wrap around, however long that takes, when they sit down with that person and they have a sincere conversation that whatever they are doing, however they're appearing or interacting is impacting their professional well-being. Mm-hmm. And I, anybody wants to hear that a person sees their potential and whatever's going on right now is holding them back and there's a gap. And all that has to be done is to close that gap. And that manager, whoever is talking, has their back and wants to take them up, but quite frankly, they can't because this is a stumbling block that that person has to take responsibility for. When somebody is coming from a place of that, there is very little lawsuits. There's very little. The person walks away sincerely cared about mm-hmm. in business. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, it doesn't always go exactly as planned, but we can certainly plan for it. Uh, don't go into a conversation like that. Willy nilly. Oh no! <laughs> you give it the amount of time that and sometimes it's you know. two weeks. It's not. Sure. And it could be immediate, but mm-hmm. um, you know, I'm I'm looking at having been in business as long as I have been, and in those management positions, and I worked with male executives for for thirty of those years. I understand um, what it's like, even between genders, a young person talking mm-hmm. to an older person, whatever, anything. That's classified as those stereotypical areas. Um, You know, if a guy is showing up and he really needs to get his act together, if it's another guy, you can just take him out after work or whatever and say, hey, Joe, you know, you need to get a handle on this. It's a different conversation within the gender. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. And so I guess I'm having this conversation because we can't, Expect that all of a sudden, even though it sounds like the right thing, that managers are going to show up and be able to do that. So millennials can empower themselves to have that conversation going up. And that conversation would be they sense, they just sense something, like something is off, okay? 
and having that conversation because if they truly desire to contribute in advance and become part of that company, they really want to know what's holding them back now and they just sense something is and, and you're ready to hear it. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine the invitation to that conversation is so different because you've just eliminated the risk? Absolutely. Absolutely. And we all know when something's not quite right, don't we? Yes, we do. And there's a lot of responsibility when we want freedom and flexibility. And we've got to assume it. And we can't expect others to assume it when it's what we're asking for. Absolutely. Yeah, we talk about that a lot at IWL. And it's all about taking your career into your own hands. Uh, We have the power to really define where we want to go, especially for women. What an opportunity. Um, Again, Cheryl Sandberg, lean in. Right. We've got to have that mindset. Sit at the table, speak up, be big. Minorities can, I mean, any group that seems to have been struggling with that can relate to that. Mm-hmm. And what's quite interesting is I don't even know the group that we're all saying is empowered because I'm sure that group is shrinking because everything is just slowly it's just <laughs> blending. It really, it's just, we, uh, we're in. We're in lockdown of pointing the fingers because taking responsibility in life is the hardest thing for humans to do. And and that's what exactly what I want millennials to do. I do too. I want them to do things like develop their emotional intelligence. And this is a matter of, like I said earlier, it's kind of we're young. We don't have the experience. We do need to develop ourselves. We need to understand how are we how are we managing our relationships? How self-aware are we? How are we managing our emotions at work? All of those things that go into emotional intelligence. And what I love about emotional intelligence is that it can be developed. IQ can't. EQ can't. And, and part of that process, because when we're young, we don't know what we don't know. We don't know what to ask but we still have discernment discernment, and we have an inner knowing when someone or something feels right to be close to us. And if we don't have that level of trust, we do not bring them into confidence because we're talking about personal development. We're talking about vulnerability because no one, especially in business, wants to admit that they're lacking something. Mm -hmm. Okay. We want to show that we can contribute. Right. So, that discernment is key and don't compromise it. And I agree that, and it might even be a decision on whether is an inside mentor appropriate, even though companies have those programs. Um, I think informal mentoring a lot of times can be just, just as valuable or if not more than a formal mentoring program. Some of those are so are so prescribed. prescribed. That's a great word. And for also that. it's not an agreed upon match mentorship. The mentor has just as much right to say no as the mentee does. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a mutual choice, and it's a reciprocation of, of resources, of time, energy. and It's, a, it's and mutually beneficial, too. I, one of the is. things that's great for a leader to do with a millennial is to mentor, not only because they can have an influence on that person, but because that person will have an influence on them. Absolutely. And in that reverse yeah. mentoring relationship, I mean, I can attest to that personally even, uh, at Integrating Women Leaders, I know that I have had an impact on some of our leadership, some of our board members. Mm-hmm. Our founder, Jennifer, she would say that if she was standing right here, and, and vice versa. I can't tell you how much I have learned from her. 
And, and that's just such a valuable, valuable thing. And I have millennials that have my back in my business. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they are the core structure of my business. And I, I so appreciate them. They're different from me, but that's why it all works. Right. And um, so, so Maggie, we, we're going to wrap it up here in just a couple of minutes. But sure. I'd like to know, what do we need to talk about that you think is compelling for millennials? And all people in business trying to work together. I think we need to talk about this conversation more often in terms of the different organizational cultures we're part of. And there's much deeper and more complicated uh, end game here. And it's talking about the talent gap. And as boomers are leaving the workforce, you have a really small cohort in Generation X and you have a lot of young millennials coming in to the workforce. Uh, as I said earlier, by 2030, we'll be 75% of that, that workforce. So we need to talk about what happens when, when we have such a war for talent, when it's an employee market rather than an employer market. How do we attract and retain great talent? And how do we train them when there is that gap? How do we train millennials and young leaders to have the competencies and skills to take on those leadership roles. They want them. They certainly want them. But are they ready? to be prepared for them. Absolutely. That's That's the conversation I'd like people to walk away and have. That could be another conversation for us. It could be. (laughs) I think that's another great topic for the show. Maggie, it's been such a pleasure to, oh. to be in this conversation with you today. Oh, thank you very much for having me. It's, it's uh, very much expanded how I look at things. Um, I'm limited by my experience. If we all admit it, we are all limited by our experience. So we have to caution ourselves whether we show up as experts. Or a lack of experience. Right? Or a lack of experience. <laughs> but you have experience in having lack of experience. So there's not an ego attached to it. I mean, it's, it's lovely. The whole thing is, is, is wonderful. Well, we're wrapping up our conversation today. Um, the Bold Boomer and the Mighty Millennial, I think we had a great time, and we hope that, that all of you did too, are the listeners. The Lori Moss Show wants to hear from you, and we want to know what topics and questions that you want covered in our show, and we would really like to get your comments on today's show regarding the Millennial discussion. Go to the Lori Moss Concepts website forward slash ask Lori, and we'll respond on our show and in our newsletter. Uh, The more we know about you, the better we can speak to what matters to you so you can have a better job and a better life. It was a pleasure to be with you today. And remember, the pathway to success is respect, trust, and cooperation. Enjoy a successful and fulfilling work week. Thank you for tuning in to The Lori Moss Show. Better job, better life. To learn more about Lori Moss Concepts, our services, and to connect with the expert and professional presence, visit LoriMossConcepts.com. Tune in next week for more professionalism transformation. The Lori Moss Show, Better Job, Better Life, airs every Wednesday at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have a successful week.